Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. My name is Michael Mullis, and I am president of a company called Mortgage Teacher. And, well, it's quite simple, actually. That's about all we're going to do on this show is teach you interesting things about mortgages, what's trending in the London and surrounding area. And I'll tell you what's a hot topic, of course, is, you know, the, the surrounding area, the small towns. Is there such thing as a small town anymore? Because, wow, there's a lot of growth going on and, uh, you know, mortgages are busy, real estate is busy. There's a lot of talk in the news lately about rates going up. So we'll definitely cover that today. But speaking of small towns, I want to give a good shout out to my to my own small town. I actually live out in Dorchester, like I said, and I love the place. Great. I love the, the park in the back. That's what I've always loved growing up around the park. So a big shout out to everyone involved. We had lighting of the lights last night. So the park is lit up for a, a beautiful walk. Um, yeah, the park was lit up all right, but uh, it's definitely a good time. So I want to say a shout out to everyone involved because I really do appreciate that community and, you know, hats off to all involved because that's a pretty awesome setup. So especially the arena and the park staff there, they always do a great job because I sit there and watch and pick on them. But no, we're all good. So shout out to everyone out there in Dorchester. Hope you had a good time that way. And, you know, on with that topic really is is the, the boom, the, the real estate out there. You know, I see all the news out there. What kind of housing? When you have a bedroom community like Dorchester or, you know, Strathroy and Thorndale around, and, you know, maybe Lambeth, Kamoka way out that way of the West. Look at all the houses that we've typically grown up with. It's a bedroom community. That's that's what that means. But all of a sudden now our baby boomers are looking for places to live. And wow, that's a tough problem to solve. You know, so-called affordable housing. Um, you know, small square footage. If you want to go affordable housing, it may be like a, you know, a townhouse. But that's not really going to help our seniors for a place to stay. So, you know, we got lots of new development out there in that town. And, you know, hey, both sides of the coin. I get it. So with that all being said... Let's kind of talk about some of the prices of the houses and what we're seeing. And we see this inflation. We've seen it before back in, you know, 2006, 2007. We saw a pretty good inflation. And what's typically done here in Canada, and this is where the talk is going with the interest rates, is we have raised the interest rates to slow down the real estate market. But my opinion, my opinion only, and please feel free to look me up on mortgageteacher.com or reach out to me direct if you want to chat that way. But my opinion is, I don't know, this is a global inflation. It's due to shortages in inventory that things are getting raised in costs. So I don't know if raising the interest rates are necessarily going to, you know, reduce the home purchases. Here's the way you got to look at it, guys. Even though rates are, you know, 1%, 2%, the interest rates are low, Canadians since 2016 have to qualify at 5.25%. So if you change the rates, it's it's not changing the qualifying. So it's not really going to slow people down. It's just going to make people have to pay more to the bank, makes the payment go up. Now, let's talk about this. And, and a lot of people don't really understand the difference between fixed and variable, believe it or not. So what I mean by that is every day, in and out, I look at the Bank of Canada five-year bond rate. Whether you get your mortgage at TD, whether you get your mortgage at Scotia, whether you get your mortgage at some trust company, credit union, it doesn't really matter because they all get their money from the Bank of Canada. So as the broker owner, I sit there and I watch the Bank of Canada five-year bond yield. 
I think I use investing.com site if you want to look it up. So if you Google search five-year bond yield and take a look at that graph, that indicates where the five-year fixed rate is going. People ask me all the time, you know, where do you think they're going? Bonds, I can't predict. You just watch the graph day in and day out. And, you know, if you for two weeks you see the rates going up, well, guess what? Sure, sure enough, I'm going to get emails saying that the five-year fixed is going up. Okay? Now, variable. Hmm. Fixed and variable. Those are oranges and apples. Here's what you need to understand, folks. Some people think if you take a variable rate mortgage, you can wake up tomorrow morning and you have a 10% interest rate. That is not, that is 100% impossible. Here's what happens. If you look up Bank of Canada, they already have meetings set. And it's more like, you know, a bunch of decision makers deciding how the economy is working. How can our Canadians afford their housing? For example, how's the unemployment rate? How's the dollar doing? Uh, you know, how's the cost of energy? Basically, how much does it cost for a Canadian to live and survive? And that indicates where prime is going to go. If we look back in history, short history, fairly, September 11th, ugh, kind of a, a dark day. But what happened is consumer confidence was down. We weren't really shopping, of course. And what happened was they brought prime down. So when you bring prime rates down, now all lending is much cheaper. Well, guess what you start seeing on TV? 0% financing at GMC, 0% financing at Volkswagen, whatever you, you know, that's what we see. Your line of credit is cheaper. Maybe it's don't pay for a year at Tepperman's. All of our lending gets cheaper. Okay. Well, look at inflation. We need cheaper rates right now to get through this inflation to pay for things. Imagine seeing a, a new GMC truck saying that, you know, here's the cost due to inflation and you can't pick it up for a year and a half and we're going to charge a 5% interest on it. Hmm. See what I mean? It. I don't see a push in variable. There's some write-ups that rates are going to go up. But guys, what rates? The five-year bond might go up, so your five-year fixed is up. But here's what you have to know. Right now, they're offering prime minus 0.8, prime minus 1. Even better than that. So prime minus 1, let's think about that. Prime is at 2.45. This is how we're getting the 1.4 and the 1.5 interest rates. But now, it's not just, and I've said it on the show many, many times before, it's not just going after the lowest rate, because that would be a variable in that case, but it's what are you going to do with it once you have it? This is your opportunity, folks, to really pay down your debt while the rates are lower. Don't set the bar and don't be like the way we always have in history, that somebody just, you know, spits out a number of $700 bi-weekly and you shake your head yes and carry on. No, be proactive, put extra down on the mortgage while you can. Now back to the difference and, and what we what I see. Like I said, this is more like a global inflation. Everyone's is kind of increasing. So if Canada goes and increases their prime rate or the rates, it's not really going to slow the whole market down because everyone has to qualify at 525 anyway. So, like I said, and with that being said, people are like, well, do you think it's going to slow down? Do you think the houses in London in the next you know, year or two are going to come down in price? Well, if interest rates pushing up, I think the inventory, the demand is still there too much. Um, it's not a secret that there's you know, 411,000 new citizens coming to Canada each year, and that's intended to grow. So there's still a high demand. There's people coming to Canada that want to buy a house, and this is the kind of calls we get. So... Really, right now, your opportunity is still in the market. Um, we are very, very, very lucky in the London and surrounding area. 
And here's why. And the reason we see it at our office is because people call us to get pre-approved or to do their numbers before they sell their house. So even before it hits the real estate market stats, we already have the inquiries at our office and we use our data from that. And here's what I find. Toronto is, is still not really slowing down. It's still active. Um, there's still multiple offers on some houses or some apartments. As we come down the 401, that's what has always happened. If you can't afford Toronto, you move to, you know, maybe Mississauga or Milton. If you can't afford Milton and Oakville and Burlington, then maybe you come down to Hamilton and Kitchener. Start coming down the highway a little farther. As soon as Kitchener starts to get too expensive, then maybe you go down the 401 to Woodstock, right? Then to London. If London's getting too expensive, I have lots of people going down towards the Sarnia area. It goes down the 401, folks, and that's what is happening. It's called drive to qualify. Keep driving until you can finally afford and qualify. That's what I see trending a lot. Now, let's use that as an indicator. And what I mean is, until Toronto slows down and it's a slower market, then people won't be doing that in Kitchener. It takes a couple months later. That's the gift we have in London and surrounding area. Until we see indicators that, you know, Kitchener houses are staying for sale or dropping their prices because they can't move them and inventory is too high, then London's going to slow down about, eh, nowadays, maybe three months later. It used to be a whole season, maybe even a year, uh, but now with, you know, transactions moving a lot quicker, it might be about three months later. So until you see those articles about Toronto and Kitchener, we're not going to really see the house prices come down and, and mellow out here. Maybe only six offers on one house instead of 26. But I think that's what we're going to see in the next short term. Oh, time flies when we're having fun, eh, folks? I got to cut to a news break. Again, I'm Michael Mullis, president of Mortgage Teacher, and just kind of talking about the local area and London and surrounding area. What are these small towns? Are they still going to stay small towns? Again, look us up at mortgageteacher.com, and we'll be back right after this. All right, guys, thank you. And like the song says, here we go again. In case you're just tuning in, my name is Michael Mullis and I help organize a company called Mortgage Teacher. And well, that's what we're doing on today's program is just teaching you different ways to save you interest. Oh, interest. Anyway, we have some big opportunities speaking of interest. And that's if you are still listening. Thank you for not changing that dial. But what we were talking about is, is you know, there's London, of course, and it's known as a small town to many other cities and the surrounding area. Uh, wow. It's, everyone has so much development, development going on. The questions we get often are, do you think, uh, you know, do you think house prices are going to come down soon? So we talked about that in the show. And, you know, I'm not a real estate professional, but I do all the numbers on them. And I don't really see things really coming down too quick. Therefore, if you're thinking that you're going to wait out this market, and buy a super deal of a house in a year or two, mm, I think you might want to not wait so long because I don't know if it's going to turn out that way, guys. Now, with that all being said, the num- next question we get, and we touched on this a little bit before the break, was what do we see doing with interest rates? Okay? Uh, a lot of people are in the news. I get it in the media. They're saying that the rates are going to go up. Rates are going up. But here's what I want to ask, even the professionals being me. What rates are we talking about? We got a five-year fixed and a five-year variable. Five-year fixed is under 3% still, maybe, you know, 2.7, 2.5% in that range. And the variable rate, well, prime is at 2.45. And here's the thing that people don't realize, the discounts the bank are giving. I want to touch that, okay? So you can get prime minus one right now. 
I've been doing this for, oh gosh, over 20 years now. And in my time anyway, the, the discount we typically see on a variable is, you know, prime minus a quarter, prime minus a half. To be honest, I looked and the most common one we've had in 20 years is prime minus 0.4%. That's the most common. So with that today, say prime is at 2.45, you'd be getting a rate of about 205. But that's not what the banks have. You can go and sign for prime minus one. And that is a dinosaur. I've had so many that that was around for a very short period of time. And that was in 2007. I think it was prime minus one. Because Prime was a lot higher. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, if you got that mortgage, that was a very good mortgage. Well, that's what everyone can get now. Prime minus one. So there's where the opportunity lies. And then earlier in the program, I talked about how Prime moves. If you missed that, you know, please please reach out. But I explained that you can't wake up tomorrow and your variable rate mortgage is at 10%. They have set meetings. And if you look at the history, they only meet about four times a year. Um, they only move prime by a quarter, 0.25. So if you think about it, it has to move quite a bit to catch up to the fixed. So there's where the opportunity lies. I'm going to bring up some numbers here in a bit just to show how shocking we can, we can use that variable and literally put the principal in your pocket. But one thing I want to talk about that is how it moves. And and let's go back in history. I brought up the, uh, like I said, it's a dark day, but September 11th, we saw prime rate come down fast. And that's so we could get consumer confidence again and and keep shopping because let's be honest, we need to spend money to make this world go round. So when that happened, let's look at when Prime started to go up. And I remember this era. Prime went down in 2001 and everyone's like, well, you know, how long, how, how often does Prime move? Well, here's an example of a recovery. September 11th time, Prime went down all 2001 and 2002, and then Prime never went back up, never moved even a quarter until 2006. And that's when Prime started to go up 2006, 2007. Yes, it went up a couple of times because if you remember then, that's when everyone was moving out to Alberta. A lot of people were, you could get a job in Calgary, quit that job, cross the street and get the same paying job the same day. Because we were exploding. There was a ton of growth and work. So that's when Prime starts to go up, a recovery. They, they, they don't really use Prime against the real estate market so much to cool it off. And like I said, this real estate market isn't just Canada. It's kind of a global inflation and that's what's causing it to go up. Lack of inventory. So with all this being said, you know, here lies your opportunities. How can you use them? Well, again, look us up at mortgageteacher.com. When I speak of London and surrounding area, thank you, thank you, thank you. Read the reviews, folks. I totally, that's what gets us up every day and help people out. You know, we're kind of sick and tired of everyone saying, who can get you a mortgage? Don't go out and get a mortgage. Who's going to sit you down and help me get rid of my mortgage? And we do this for free. Our services are free to you. So why not? And that's, you know, I'm not going to lie. That's one part I'm really proud of. You know, when you're really helping people out and saving them thousands and not even charging them $1. I mean, I have financial planners that, hey, Michael, I'll only charge you 1% or only 2% on your portfolio. Well, yeah, I have to give you $100,000 that was hardly taxed, like very hard tax, give you that, and then you still get profit off of my money. So mortgage teacher, 
feel free to reach out any of the mortgage teachers. We run in Kitchener, Hamilton area too. So if you're looking to buy anywhere, feel free to bounce it off us. We're here to help. Now on to an example though of what we're doing day in and day out. You know, there's about probably eight families a day that we're helping flip to stop paying so much interest and start putting money in your own pocket. Now, for example, when you're out shopping for a mortgage, I always kind of laugh when, you know, you run into little ones as far as, you know, kids in school. And my son was, I remember, I'll never forget this in grade five. He said, dad, we learned a new, new way today. Well, what's that son? Well, we learned about the common denominator. I think he was just proud to say the big word, to be honest with you. But he explained that you can't compare two numbers, for example, a seven and a three, unless you have a common denominator. Hmm. Interesting. So how come as an adult, I can call nine different banking institutions and try to compare the different mortgages? Exactly. I can't. The way you still need a common denominator. So here's an example I have. I had someone sit down and they said, you know, we're up for renewal. We don't really need more money. We can make our payments. We can afford what we're doing, Mike. And I said, well, let's take a look at what you are doing. So we looked at the numbers and, you know, they have a mortgage of only 220000 That's pretty good owing against a house. House is worth about eight hundred. So they got some good equity in the house, you know. Congratulations. Outside of that, they had a vehicle payment. They had another vehicle payment, two loans. They did some renovations in the house. So they, you know, owe about 16000 That's not even too bad on a line of credit. And then on some credit cards from buying some things and a little bit of the house renovations, there's about another 10000 when I started adding up, I said, well, okay, how much do you pay a month towards this? Well, I put 500 every month. How much do you put towards this? Well, 250 every month, you know? Okay, so you add up. What are your habits? What are you used to doing? And their habits were about 3,000 a month towards debt. Anything that has a principal and interest component, which is debt, of course. So I don't care what you, if your debt is in a mortgage, if your debt is in a car payment, if your debt is in a line of credit or a visa. Those are all just different formulas. Debt is debt. So if there's any savings to be had, we add it up and it's like, wait a minute, their line of credit wasn't going down. Their vehicles were only going down about $5,000 a year. And their house was going down actually very nice, $13,000 a year. I always challenge you, take a look at your mortgage statement. How much are you paying off per year? That's what you need to start focusing on. What is your success? If you had an investment, you would be looking at it that way. How much are you making on your money? So don't treat debt any differently. Take a look at that and make sure you're paying off a substantial amount. So these guys were paying off about, you know, $18,000 a year in debt. That's pretty good. So this is a deal that the clients are doing fantastic. They don't really need any help. Well, let's just rip those numbers apart a little bit better. And that's exactly what we do here. I'm not going to, at Mortgage Teacher, we're not going to say do this and do that. No, I'm going to break down the numbers so they're black and white and you guys make your own decisions. So here's what we found out and discovered. This is phenomenal. If we roll it all into one mortgage and pay out those other debts because the car payment was a little higher, the visa was compounded monthly, you know, not even that high of a rate. The line of credit, good interest rate, 2.95, compounded monthly though. It all compounds, folks. Here's where it adds up. So if they do that and pay the same amount towards their debt, the common denominator, so they're okay to hold their payment at about $3,000 a month. The new results, mind-blowing, $37,000 a year. So instead of paying off, you know, eighteen dollars a year, which is actually pretty good, 
they're going to be paying their debt down, their mortgage down, $37,000 per year. That's $185,000 over five years. This is the type of plan that I see coming out of the mortgage teacher office all the time. This is what we do. It's not what rate you got. It's what are you using with it? I get people all the time that reach out and say, hey, can you beat this rate? And I look and they've got a mortgage statement in front of me. And it says, you know, a beautiful 1.6%. I said, no, that's a pretty good interest rate. Uh, you know, and then I look at this number here and it's how much do you pay off per year? Wait a minute, only 2100 That's the problem, folks. While we have these low rates, we are here or you need to develop a plan to help pay this off quicker. And wow, I apologize, but that's time's flying by quick. So again, we're going to have to wrap this up. But if you want to learn more, learn this, reach out. It's free. Read the reviews. Please look us up at mortgageteacher.com. And I'm Michael Mullis signing off. Have yourselves a great weekend, folks. Take care.